welcome to His Church Owensboro Podcast. We are so excited about what God is doing in your life, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at hischurch.cc and let us know about all of the things that God is doing in your life. If you have been blessed by this podcast and would consider supporting us financially, please visit hischurch.cc and click on Give to see the many options available. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message blesses you. Amen. Awesome. Stand up with me this morning. How many was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord? Okay, I got three of you. How many believe this is the day that the Lord has made? And then the Bible says, and I will rejoice. Everybody say, I will rejoice. You've got an opportunity to make a decision right now. I will rejoice. I can't choose for you, but I can tell you that I I'm going to rejoice and be glad. Let's do something as we get into the Word of God today. Let's take these things right here that are holy hands. Can we lift up holy hands unto the Lord? The Bible says lift up holy hands without wrath, wrath and doubting. Come on, let any unforgiveness go. And right now in faith, Father, we're getting ready to come into this time of the Word of God. We ask you, Lord, right now to speak in this room. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit of God is going to say to us. And Holy Ghost, interrupt our agenda. Lord, let us find the flow of redemption in this room, God. What you're doing, we pray we would come in alignment with it. And we would, we would hear you speak from heaven today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Before you're seated, turn to your neighbor and say, you look so much better now than when you came in the door this morning. You look so much better today. I want to invite you to take your Bible out to the book of Genesis, please, and turn with me to Genesis chapter 13. Genesis chapter 13. I hope you came with your Bible because coming to church without your Bible is like eating spaghetti without a fork. You get a lot on you, not a lot in you. I didn't come to throw food at you. I came to feed you today. Amen? And so take your Bible out. Turn to Genesis 13. I want to say what an honor it is to be able to be with you guys. I had an incredible time at the conference with you. I was refreshed with you. But uh, also I'm excited to be back. A few weeks ago, pastor asked me, would, would I come back on this date? And I said, absolutely. I'll do whatever it takes to come back because I have fallen in love with you guys as a family today. So I hope you're going to help preach me down this morning and not leave me up here by myself, right? Because we're family. Genesis chapter 13. I want to talk to you today on the subject of sift and shift. Sift and shift. I want to, I want to share with you today how to take your life to a new level. Your walk with God to a new level. How to take your church to a new level. The principles I'm about to give you are going to help you take a business to a new level. I really have prayed about what I'm going to share this morning. And I really sense in my heart that God is going to sift some things and He's going to shift some things. I believe that God is up to something in your church. I believe that God is up to something in your life. How many believe that we serve a God who is a God of more? He's a God of more. The Bible says He wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ever ask or think according to the power that works in us. God is always up to doing more. And I really had a sense that I felt like there are people in here that God has given you a vision for something to come to pass in your life, but it has not happened yet. 
you feel delayed and some of you feel denied about this vision that God has placed in your heart. You're on this journey with God. You know that you love God, but some things have not happened yet. Today, I'm asking you to listen to what I'm about to share with you. I had the wonderful privilege. I was actually preaching in another place in Kentucky, ironically, uh, and a man came to me in the green room and said, listen, there's a very important guest here this morning. I can't tell you who they are. I'm just going to tell you they're very significant people. They're here in the building. They've come to listen to you preach. They follow your ministry. And uh, they want to know if they could take you to lunch after you get through preaching. And uh, where you're going to go is a very private club. It's only for a handful of people to get in there. Are you okay with that? Well, first of all, I'm okay with food. How many know food's anointed? <laughs> I'm fixing to eat some a little later. I'm okay with food. But also, I said, sure. I told the pastor, I'll be glad to you know, accommodate you in any way I can. I'll be glad to have lunch with these people. Little did I know, sitting in the audience that day was one of the most influential men in the world, Steve Forbes. Steve Forbes was there to hear me preach a message that God had given me that I'd written in a brand new book that I had entitled. And ended up sitting at lunch with him and I started asking him questions. How did you take your life to the next level? You know, I, I, I've always hungered for that. How do successful people become successful? Have you ever wondered that? Why is it that some people end up super blessed and some people just end up mediocre in life? And I started asking him questions and he started talking to me and sharing some of the secrets of his life. And uh, as he talked, he didn't know this. It was almost like I stopped hearing Steve Forbes talk. And that's no disrespect to you, Steve, if you're happen to watch this video. But uh, I stopped listening to him. And it was almost like I could hear the voice of God talking to me. And he was talking to me out of Genesis chapter 13. Of all things. Now, I don't know why it happens that way. But sometimes, how many know God can just interrupt everybody else's conversation and God can start getting a message to you. So we're having lunch but the Holy Ghost is talking to me and he's sharing with me about the life of Abraham. And he starts talking to me about how Abraham is called of God and has this incredible uh, uh, thing on his life where he is called the father of faith. He's the father of us all. And the Lord began to show me some things out of Genesis 13 as I was sitting there about how Abraham took his life to the next level. He was already a blessed man, but there was more in God. Well, when you read the passage in Genesis chapter 13, you find out it says, the Bible says that Abraham went up from Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had and lot with him to the south. And Abraham was very rich. Everybody say he was very rich. Listen to me. God's best friend, the Bible calls Abraham the friend of God. God's best friend in the Bible was a multimillionaire. God's best friend. So God doesn't have a problem with rich people. The Bible says he was very rich in livestock, but he was also rich in silver and in gold. He went on his journey from the south. He took a camel that had 20-inch spinners on it. It was named a Bentley. No, that's not what it says. Sorry. He went on the journey from the south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ahab, the place where the altar, altar was where he, it was at the first that he had built. And Abraham called on the name of the Lord. Now Lot also was with Abram and had flocks and herds. And verse 6 says, And the land was not able to support them because both of them were so blessed, their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. Verse 7 says, There arose strife between Lot and 
herdsman and Abram's herdsman. And verse 8 and 9, Abram gets before Lot and says, Lot, let's quit fighting. We don't need to fight about this. You, you go where, you look, up, look wherever you want to go. You lift up your eyes. Here's what I want you to do. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, he said, I'm going to go to the left. Verse number 10, the Bible says Lot lifted his eyes and he saw the plain of Jordan. We know this is the place where Sodom and Gomorrah was and he decided that it was the best place for his, the next level of his business to go. He was going to go dwell by Sodom and Gomorrah because it was a very lush land. Look at verse number 14. And then the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him. Notice this, God talked to him after Lot left. God talked to him after Lot left. Say that with me. God talked to him after Lot left. And he said to him, lift up your eyes now. Look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, left. For the land that all the lands you see, I'm giving it to you and to your descendants forever. And then look at verse 17. He says, arise and walk in that land through its length, its width, for I give it to you. Verse 18. Then Abraham moved his tent and he went and dwelt by the terebinth trees of Mamre. One translation says the oak trees of Mamre, which are in Hebron. And he built an altar there to the Lord. As I was telling you, while Steve Forbes was talking to me about how he took his life to the next level, I was thinking about Abraham because Abram was a very rich man, rich in livestock and silver and gold. Abram was a blessed man, but there was more than just what Abram had. And I began to think about this passage and the Lord just began to deposit some things in my spirit. And I literally took out my phone and I just started typing notes. I know it probably seems so disrespectful to see Steve Forbes, but I started typing notes. He probably thought I was taking notes on his conversation, but I was taking notes on the Holy Ghost conversation. And the Lord began to bring this passage to me and he said, I want to give you some keys of how to shift some things in your life. And he said, first of all, I've got to sift some things in your life. He said, the first thing I want you to notice before you go to the next level in life, number one, you have to deal with a lot. You have to deal with a lot. You have to deal with a lot. And let me say it like this. You have to let a lot go. You have to let a lot go. Now, in this particular instance, it happens to be people. It happens to be a person. Can I tell you something? That one of the number one things that keeps all of us from going to a different level in life is our relationships. I believe that. Did you know there are some people in your life that don't need to be in your life? There are some people that you are connected to that you don't need to be connected to. It's not that it's sin to be connected to them. The Bible says cast aside every sin and every weight that easily besets you. Some people are weight. There is some things in your life that is just a weight to you. It's not a sin, but it'll weigh you down and keep you from going to the next level in life. If you're going to go to the next place, if you're going to make the shift to the next thing God has for you, listen to me, you got to let a lot go. You got to sometimes deal with a lot and let a lot go. In 28 years of pastoring, I've had hundreds of people walk out on me. People that would come to me, they would get saved under my teaching. They would get healed. Their marriages would get restored. And then the next thing I know, I'd look up and they would leave my life. They would walk out. And I used to get so hurt by that. It still hurts me. Anybody that has a heart, it hurts. Are y'all with me? But what I had to learn 
is the, what John said is this. He said, they went out from us that it might be made manifest that they were not of us. For if they were of us, they would have no doubt remained with us. Do you know why some people can just walk in and out of your life easily? It's because they don't have the same vision. They're not headed the same direction that you are. And when people want to walk out of your life and not even say goodbye, let me give you a word from the Lord. Let a lot go because that lot is keeping you from the next dimension of blessing that God wants to bring to your life. And have you ever noticed that a lot of people have a lot of drama? I'm trying to use the words, all right? A lot of people have a lot of drama. Well, I have a rule in my life. I have started this new club. It's take your drama to your mama club, right? I don't allow any drama in my life. You're not going to bring drama up in my life. I will tell Lot, take your drama to your mama. You can go left, I'll go right. You can go right, I'll go left, but I'm not going to be a part of your drama. Can I give you a word from the Lord? Quit fighting with people. Quit struggling with people. There are some people in your life that are nothing but weights and baggage to you, and they are disqualified for where God's going to take you in the next season of your life. You need to believe God for new divine connection. Connections. Come on, somebody shout, let a lot go. You just got to let a lot go sometimes. And sometimes it might be a lot of stuff. God spoke to Pam and I, said, sell everything you have, give up your church, move back to Cookville, Tennessee, to the mountains, and call down fire in the mountains. Do you know how hard it was to walk away from a church of thousands of people and television and all of the accolade that that brings and the the money that I was making? Do you know how hard it was to walk away from that? It was the most difficult thing that I've ever done in life. But here's what I've learned about God. If you're willing to let a lot go now, no matter how blessed you are here, there's always something more on the other side of it. Y'all just give me a little while. You won't have to give me no money to buy a sound system. I'll be coming and giving you money to plan a new campus. You know why? Because God is a God of more. He's a God of more. Right? So if you're going to go to the next level in life, write this down. you got to let a lot go. You have to deal with the lots of your life. Number two, if you're going to go to the next level in life, you got to lift your eyes to a new vision you got to lift your eyes to a new vision. Whew. Here's what God told Abram. Lift up your eyes. And can I back up on Lot for just a moment? Did you notice that God didn't even start talking to Abram until after Lot left? Did you know the reason God isn't talking to some of you is because you got the wrong connections in your life and as soon as they leave, God will start talking again. Oh my God, that's a revelation. Selah. Right? But let me get on to this. He said, lift up your eyes. Can I give you the second important principle? Never let anything or anybody steal your vision. Listen to me, church. Don't let anybody steal your vision. If your pastor has a vision to plant 100 campuses, you lift your eyes and you go after that vision. Never let anybody steal your vision. When you lose a vision, you lose a generation. Whenever Zedekiah was captured, they poked his eyes out and they put his kids in bondage. When you lose your vision, you lose a generation. When you lose your vision, you lose the next generation. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Why do you need a vision? Because a man without a vision is a man without a purpose. And a man without a purpose or a future will always go back to the past. 
If you have no vision, you have no future. Your future is in your vision. So don't let the enemy or people or circumstances take your vision away from you. You know, Lot or Abram could have been real discouraged. His family had just left him. They were having trouble. Abram could have been real discouraged. But instead, God said, no, no, no. Don't focus on what's going on in your life. You lift your eyes above your circumstances and you look up to a higher thing. Don't let anybody take your vision. A man without a vision is a man without a future. And a man without a future always goes back and repeats his past. Always. Do you know why you don't let the enemy take your vision? Because vision gives pain a purpose. And trust me, life is going to be full of pain. Okay, good. I got three of you that believe that. The other four or five hundred of you, you're in pain right now. How many know Jesus said life is full of trouble? In this world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have trouble and tribulation. Life is full of pain. So look at me. If you allow the enemy to take your vision, you suffer for nothing. Because you're going to have pain one way or the other. Let me give you another thing you need to know. Pain, your pain threshold determines your promotion threshold. You will only go as high as you can endure the pain of it. Because with every level, you always hear this said all the time. In fact, people you say this all the time, new levels, new devils. I wanted to throat punch them. Well, every time I go through something, well, you know, new levels, new devils. Mm, in Jesus' name, I want to knock them out, right? I hate that kind of cliche stuff, but it really is true. New levels, new devils. When you go to a new dimension, when you shift to a new dimension, there's a whole different set of challenges there. I didn't understand when I was pastoring 11 people and I was laying in the altar praying for God to send $300 a week so we could pay the bills. I didn't understand that I thought that was pain. But when I got to 3,000 people and I had to have $10,000 a day every single day to pay the bills and to pay the salaries and I didn't know where the money was coming but I was still in the floor praying to the same God. It was just a bigger number. The, the greater the pain threshold, the greater the promotion threshold. If you can't go through a lot, you won't get a lot. I'm telling you, you take it. You might not believe me. You don't know me. I know you don't know me yet. But I'm telling you, I've got some experience in this area. The higher you go in life, the more you're going to suffer. You cannot reign with him if you do not first suffer with him. So what you've got to do is you've got to keep your vision honed in. Because a man without a vision is a man without a future. And a man without a future always goes back to the past. And a man without a vision suffers for nothing. Vision is what gives pain a purpose. Purpose. Vision is be like Jesus. Jesus went through the cross. He endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. When Jesus went to the cross, friend, he wasn't looking at the cross. He was looking at what was on the other side of the cross. And his vision gave him the ability to hang on that and to, and to endure the pain of it. So watch this. You got, you got to deal with a lot. You got to lift your eyes to a new vision, Right? Number three, you got to move toward the more. You got to move toward the more. Listen to me. I want you to hear this. There's always more in God. And no matter how good your present looks, there's always something better. Abram was very rich. Everybody say he's very rich. He had a lot, a lot of stock, had a lot of silver and gold. He could have settled down right there and just been comfortable, right? He could have. But he knew there had to be more. So he had to move toward the more. 
He had to realize that what his present, even though his present was good, there was something more in his future. Are y'all here? you got to move toward the more. I want you to listen to me. I hear people say this all the time. Well, Pastor, God's given me a vision, but it hadn't come to pass yet. I guess God just doesn't want me to do it. Well, first of all, you're completely misunderstanding how God does. What God does is God gives you a vision. But then God expects you to start moving toward the vision. You say, well, I don't know what direction to go in. I don't know how to go there. Look at me today. Abram, come out of Ur of Chaldees. Leave your family, your friends. Where am I going, God? I'm going to show you a city whose builder and maker is God. Okay, which direction do I go? God goes completely silent. God doesn't tell him, go north, go south, go east, go west. He leaves it up to Abraham. Here's what Abraham doesn't know. Abraham doesn't know that whenever he starts moving, whenever he starts moving, say that with me, whenever he starts moving, God downloads the coordinates. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. It doesn't say the standing still of a righteous man is ordered of the Lord. It says the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. I don't know where I'm going, but I know I'm going to get there. How do you know you're going to get there? How do you know, know when you get there? Well, I'll know when I see it because God has put something in my heart. Right? All right. Let, let me explain it like this. Uh, I get joy every year around this time because it's duck season. Duck season, right? And nothing makes me happier than shooting ducks in the face. <laughs> you can tell I lived in Louisiana. I love it. Call them in. <laughs> nothing makes me happier. Here's something strange about ducks. Did you know many of those ducks, because I killed them and they're banded, and you can look at the numbers on the band and it tells you where they were banded at. Many of those ducks were born in Canada. But something happens every year about September. They get this desire all of a sudden to fly south to Louisiana. They don't even know there's a Louisiana. They haven't watched television. They haven't seen the tours commercials. Nobody sent them a brochure. But something in that duck says there's a south to fly to. And the desire, watch this now, drives that duck to fly in a direction that they've never flown before. They don't even know where they're going. They just know it when they get there. Watch this now. Look at me. Desire is proof the destination exists. So here's what God will do. God will deposit a vision in your soul. And the vision, that desire, is proof that the destination is this. Let me give a word to somebody in here. If you're dreaming about doing something, if you feel God has called you to do something, and you're passionate about doing it, and you really want to see it come to pass, let me tell you something. The desire that you have is proof that the destination already exists. Now what God is waiting on you to do is to mount up with wings and start moving toward the more that he has for your life. You say, well, I'm waiting on him to do it. You're waiting on God, but God is waiting on you. There's got to be a partnership in this thing. Look at me. I'm going to give you a, this is, this is the, the point of all points. You need to tweet this. You need to Instagram this. You need to Facebook this. You need to Snapchat this. This is the point of all points. If you forget everything else, remember this today. It is a powerful revelation. Here it is. Park cars 
don't need a GPS. Parked cars don't need a GPS. And if you're not moving, God's not going to download the coordinates. Well, that went over like a lead balloon. Praise the Lord. Come on. You want to go? How many want more? How many want to go to the next level in life? Watch this. You got to let a lot go. You got to lift up your eyes to a new vision. You got to let go of the present no matter how good it looks because there's more on the other side. And then you've got to start moving toward the more. Now, when you start this movement, there's one other thing you got to do. You got to relocate the tent of your mindset. Did you know if you can't see it, you can't receive it? And many people... The limitation of their life, most people, the limitation of their life is their mindset. Did you know there are churches all over the nation, churches all, there's churches all over the world. Everybody look right here. There's churches all over the world that have 50, 60, 70 campuses and run 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 people at every campus and never have a hiccup at all. But yet it might be difficult for us. Do you know why that is? It's because of our mindsets. Our mindset. We don't want to change the way we see things or the way we perceive things. And our mindsets, watch now, are tense. I'm going to help somebody this morning. This is going to be so freeing for somebody. Our mindsets are tense that restrict our vision. You see, your vision is, many of your visions are restricted by a ceiling. Let me say it like this. God told Abram, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make your seed like the sand of the seashore. How many believe, remember that in the Bible? Y'all remember reading that in Sunday school? I'm going to make your seed the sand of the seashore. Y'all remember that? Give me a Baptist nod, something. Right? Okay. I'm going to bless you, and your seed's going to be like the sand of the seashore. Okay. At the point that God told Abram this, Abram is laying in a tent. His wife, 90 years old, is beside him. Abram says, God, I don't know if you've noticed lately, but I'm not the young stud that I used to be. In fact, God, uh, I've got some physical challenges and things just aren't working like they used to work 20, 30 years ago, God. And, you know, he's giving him the excuses. And then, thank God, thank God, Sarah is asleep. Because then he starts telling God, God, I mean, I love Sarah, but <laughs> she ain't what she used to be neither. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, God? I mean, thank God Sarah's asleep. Because if Sarah wasn't asleep, Abram wouldn't live to tell the story. Right? Come on, I'm married, I know. I mean, I tell my wife, she don't, if I tell my wife I don't like that outfit, my wife is hillbilly. She'll put overalls on and stab you to death. Right? I mean, she just, you just, so, God, she's not what she used to be. You know what Abraham's problem was? He was under a tent. He couldn't see it. The sand of the seashore, that's, I can't comprehend that. I can't comprehend that. So here's what God says. God says, get up. And he takes him outside the tent. Are y'all with me? 
takes him outside the tent and he says, hey, look up into the heavens. What do you see? He said, oh, I see stars. He said, start counting the stars because he said, that's how I'm going to multiply your seed. Immediately, immediately when the lid of his thinking had come off, he could now receive what God was saying about him. Why? Because you can't see it if you can't, you can't receive it if you can't see it. Right? So watch what Abram does. Whenever Abram wants to go to the next level, what does he do? He picks up his tent and he relocates it to the Oaks of Mamre. Now there's a reason the Bible says certain things a certain way. Why did it say he relocated it to the Oaks of Mamre? And today, if you go to Israel with me, there is a place in Hebron where it is, there's a monument built to the Oaks of Mamre. There's oak trees there. Terebinth trees. And there's a monument built to Abram. Why did he move his tent to that place? Well, if you asked Abram, he'd say, I don't know. It just seemed like a good place to move my tent. What is he doing? He's unknowingly. He don't know where he's going. He's just following his heart. Come on, somebody. He's just moving. Come on, somebody say move. Some of y'all just need to move. God's waiting on you to move. That's the word this morning. You just need to move. And he's, he's just moving. And he puts his tent. And, and how many of you believe that God is sovereign? How many believe that God is providential? How many believe that those whom he foreknew, he did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son? How many believe that God has a plan? How many believe that he does everything from the end to the beginning? How many of you believe that he's Alpha and Omega? How many believe that he is the first and the last? How many believe that he's the eternal God? He always has been and he always will be. How many of you believe he's above time, he's below time, he's outside of time, yet at the same time he's in time and time is in him? How many of you believe that? How many believe that Psalm 138 says all of your days and even your moments were recorded in his book before you ever even were born? So you believe in sovereignty. Look at this. That means you can't believe in coincidence. So look at me. Abram just happened. Yeah. Now, everybody say it with me. No, you didn't do the asterisks. I need you to do the asterisk. Abraham just, and, and listen, if you all don't do it, I will drag this out and we will be here till two o'clock. So I would encourage you to do this so my message can come to a conclusion. Abraham just Y'all want to eat, don't you? Right? Abram just happened to move his tents by the oaks of Mamre. And where he set his tent just happened to be the trail that three angels would take on their way down to Sodom and Gomorrah where his family was who was getting ready to die under judgment. And Abraham just, I'm okay, and we're going to do it again. Abraham just happened to be outside working in the yard when the three angels came by. And Abraham just happened to say, hey, boys, why don't y'all come in and get you something to drink and eat? Because mama's got some pinto beans and cornbreads cooking in there. And they came in and sat down, and it just that when they got up, 
there had been a prophecy over Sarah for 25 years that had not come to pass yet, that she would have a child. And it just happened that when they got up, they turned to Sarah and said, oh, by the way, you need to know something. By this time next year, you're going to be rocking a brand new baby boy in this tent. Now, you can call that coincidence. I said, you can call that coincidence, but let me tell you what it really is. It's God, it's you moving in faith and God ordering the steps of a righteous man and righteous woman to let heaven collide with earth so that you can go to the next level in life and do everything that God has called you to do. So look at me. How do I get there? I got to relocate the tent of my mindset. I got to start thinking differently. I got to start thinking big. I got to start expecting. I got to start seeing things that I've never seen before. Come on. You need to start having visions and go where no man has ever gone before. Because if you're big enough to believe it, my God is big enough to do it. Amen. So I want you to stand with me all over this room because I'm done right now. I want you to stand with me all over this room. God wants to shift this whole church, shift your life into another dimension. I want every head bowed in this room. If you're in here right now and you say, Pastor, I'll be honest with you, I'm not even right with God. I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. I want to tell you something. You're in God's house, around God's people. We love you. We're not here to judge you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I would never embarrass you. I would never do that. But you're in here today and you want to get on this journey of faith because you know there's got to be more in God, but you're not even walking the faith walk yet. Today, we're going to start it by giving you an opportunity to say, hey, you know what, Pastor, I'm not right with the Lord. I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. And today, I'm ready to get on this journey of faith. I know there's got to be more in God and I want everything God has for me. So today, would you pray for me? If that's you, if I'm talking to you, I want you right now, lift your hand. Nobody's going to be looking around, just you and I. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you back there. I see that hand. God bless you. In the first service, we had so many hands go up. I was just shocked at how many hands. You can put those hands back down. Anybody else that you lifted your hand or you didn't and you know you should have, I want you to lift it real quick, real quick. God bless you. God bless you. I see that. Hallelujah. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray for those and with those who just lifted their hands. If you just lifted your hand, I want you to know a prayer doesn't save you. But here's what the Bible does say. That if you'll believe with your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that He'll save you, that He'll become the Lord of your life. So I'm going to ask the whole church family to pray together right now for everybody and with everybody who just lifted their hands. And those of you who lifted your hand, don't pray this from your head. Pray it from your heart. This is between you and God. Now, this isn't between you and a preacher or even you and a church. This is between you and God. I believe heaven is standing at attention to hear your words right now. Say these words. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you're alive right now. I bring you my life. Everything I have and everything I don't have. All my weaknesses and all my strengths. I lay them at your feet. I decree I need a Savior. I can't save myself. So I give my life to you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. And I ask you right now 
to write my name in the Lamb's book of life. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. For those of you who just prayed that prayer, we want to welcome you to the family of God. You just made the most incredible decision of your life. And listen, in just a moment, pastor is going to come and he's going to tell you what to do next if you prayed that prayer. But I want to pray one more prayer really quickly for people in this room. If you're in here today and you say, Pastor, I'll be honest, God has given me a vision to do something, but I feel stuck. I feel like it's delayed. I feel like it's not going to happen. I've almost become hopeless as a result of it, like it's not going to come to pass. But I am carrying a vision to do something, and it's just not happened yet. And today, I feel like your message was for me to move, that there's some moving that I need to do. If that's you, would you lift your hand real quick? I want to pray over you today. God bless you guys. God bless you. Keep those hands up real quick. Father, in the name of Jesus, every hand that is lifted right now, I believe that you're calling them to lift their eyes to a new level. I believe you're expanding the tent of their mindset. I believe right now you're moving them toward the more. And I just speak this unstuck, this liberating anointing over their life that would just unstick them. I pray, I pray over their feet of faith that they would begin to move, that they begin to move, and that as they move, you would order the steps of a righteous person. And I decree over them that 2020 is going to be their year of the fulfillment of the vision and the dream that is in their heart. And we'll hear testimonies about it in Jesus' mind name. Amen and amen. Now, come on, let's give the Lord a praise for his word this morning as pastor comes. God bless you, Owensboro. I love you guys.